You've tuned in to 96.7 on your FM dial. This is Hugh Cruzel, and the program is QOL, Quality of Life. Well, life is when you're younger. Life is when you're you're in your 20s, 30s. And then, of course, life continues, hopefully, into your 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. And maybe you might become a centurion. Cent- I can't even say it properly. Jana Ray, tell us what the proper word is for somebody who's 100. Centenarian. There we go. <laughs> and there's also a category for 105 and 110, isn't there? Oh, you know, then you've just taught me something because I'll have to look that up myself. (laughs) I'm pretty sure it's like Centenarian Plus, but that's not what it is. Um, You know, we do want to, as as we progress through the chronology of our life, have quality. And that includes, I've read this terrible stat, and I have to tell you, Radio Land out there, Jana Ray and I knew each other know each other, uh, but we knew each other. We met at CARP, the Canadian Association of Retired Persons. Uh, and um, Jana, we learned that for many people, the last seven years of their life, it's not so good, is it? No, generally not. Um, and, you know, and, and it, it's it's lots of contributing factors to what that looks like. And, and of course, you know, depending on, you know, lots of different things, whether it's your genetics or, you know, healthcare, chronic disease, etc. There can be a number of things that can have impact. There are certainly people that are able to bypass all of the, Ooh, those absolutely. things. Absolutely. They die <laughs> yeah, with a exactly. smile on their face. Yes, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and and we all aspire for that. That's for sure. But, you know, some of us are, are less fortunate. Well, you've had your fingers, your toes dipped into the world of senior living, senior. You do a lot of advocacy. Tell us about what you do and, and why it's important. I mean, I know why it's important, but Radioland doesn't. Oh, for sure. So, you know, uh, when I was at CARP and certainly now while I'm at CanAge, we engage very heavily in advocacy and, and, and frankly, uh, policy recommendations to um, to governments, all levels of government, whether that's federal government, uh, a regional or a provincial government, and of course, municipal governments. Um, and, we, and we reach out to ensure that policies are written in a very inclusive way and that they are reflective of uh, all voices as we age, because we don't see aging as being, you know, a very specific subset of people. We see that people, we look at it as aging across the life course. And so to us, that means that we, everyone wants to be able to live and age well here in Canada. And we feel that systems and, uh, you know, your healthcare system, your ability to, uh, you know, for financial security, your, your social inclusion, all of those things should be available to you in Canada to help you live and age well. Well, but we don't. And and many of us don't even know about some of these, like can age. I, I got to be honest, Janet, I only heard about it because you talked about it. I, I don't know about it at all. And, and when I think even about carp, our, our, our experience there, so many people would be like, carp well that's a fish or carp that's i don't know what that what does that mean and sorry i'm making a funny face radio land can't see that but a lot of people were very skeptical very like you're representing me how why for what reasons you know well, the nice thing 
I will say about CanAge is that, uh, first of all, membership is free. And we wanted to do that on purpose to make uh, membership accessible to anyone who wants to join. And it really does help us to gather individuals and to speak to them around around issues and how they're feeling about those issues so that that way we can truly be representative of uh of individuals that are out there and that can give us that so we receive emails all day every day about all kinds of issues some of the top ones right now are the national dental program what does this look like what's it going to cover is it going to cover things like dentures and implants you know those kinds of things so lots of conversations around that um certainly we've heard things around um various vaccines that people are hoping will be covered things like hepatitis vaccines like twin ricks and and things like that people would love for those kinds of things to be covered there are other things around RIF withdrawals, a big, big topic, you know, especially as we now are working a lot longer um, and doing things a little differently. You know, they want greater flexibility in how they're going to manage their funds. And so certainly we hear about those kinds of issues a lot. And we take those to government to um, obviously uh, improve and make things more favorable so that people have that flexibility. Jana Ray, how on earth did you get involved in this? I, you know, I mean, you just didn't just fall into it, did you? I I did not, actually. So my mom, she suffered a stroke at a fairly young, a relatively young age. She was just in her 60s, and she suffered a massive stroke, leaving her both speech and mobility impaired. And... You know, I, like anyone else, uh, you know, as a as an adult child, um, you know, going through the motions, noticed that there were a, like a lot of pinch points along her journey with regard to accessing health care and what that looked like even transitions into things like long term care. You know, we wanted to have her home with us. And frankly, we were. Uh, you know, um, discouraged from bringing her home because of the level of need that she had. So we put her in long-term care. We were one of those rare stories that actually did pull her out of long-term care, you know, just because, again, that social interaction wasn't there. It, You know, there were some things that occurred that we just, we wanted to bring her home with us and we did. So my spouse, um, you know, I love him to bits. He actually uh, decided not to work. And, uh, and then I ended up being, you know, the, the sole uh, earner in the family and working with CARP and organizations like that, like CanAge now. And, uh, and yeah, and so he spent all the time being her, her full-time caregiver. It was amazing. It was great. You're very fortunate. She's very, I'm sure, She's passed away now. As she you. did. She passed away last year, but uh, we had a really strong, uh, let's see. Your memories must be great. Almost 10-year run, yeah, wow. with her living at home with us. Yes. And and when you think about statistics, for example, in long-term care, you know, the, the, yeah, the, the median, you know, survival rate in, in long-term care, generally the residency lasts anywhere between two and six years. So we feel pretty good about how we did. Definitely. Yeah. Well, congratulations to you and Bravo for your husband and, and your work to, to enrich your... This program is all about quality of life. Uh, you know, I think at home with loved ones, quality of life would be far greater. Not to denigrate, not to, not to um, uh, you know, aspersions of, of badness on, on long-term care. Although, gosh, we just need to read the newspaper sometimes and, be, and shake our heads and say, how on earth can that happen? But it, ha- it has, and, and some of them are for-profit, or many of them are. 
And that's maybe not the best. It's, well, anyways, let's not get into the healthcare thing very much, except health is so important to especially seniors. I mean, being able to get in and out of your car, being able to enter buildings, being able to, and we're not talking about somebody in, a, in an assistive device. We're just talking about opening a can, opening a, a it's not, I actually, I'm going to admit to it. I was in the grocery store and I said to one of the staff, could you open this jar of pickles? I have trouble with this brand every time. They said, I can't open pickles for you. I said, don't worry. I'll go and pay for it. I'll bring it back to you. You're big and strong, stronger than me. And he goes like, what? Seriously, I if I can't open them, how on earth do we expect my mother to, to open it? No, or beets or mustard or mayonnaise or anything. It's really not easy, is it? It's it's so true, you know, and and that's a part of that whole living and aging well. You know, many of us actually don't end up in long term care. That's no, really important. No, no, the, to know. In fact, thank you, Jana. You yeah. mentioned something that's really important. We tend to think, oh, well, that's the the last stage of life, or and then you go to hospice. Yeah. No, many many people. You knew the stat at one time. I did too. Yeah, twelve percent. About twelve percent of Canadians end up in long term care at some point, and frankly, that's very high needs, high medical need. Oftentimes, it's advanced dementia, those kinds of things that that um, where people end up in long term care because they need specialized care at that point you know in that residential setting but in fact most people prefer certainly and do live and age at home and so yeah so we're looking for different innovations and things like that within the home that can help people do that in a in a in a safe way well, i got one of these i got yeah. one of these uh, jar openers that's kind of uses the law of levers and uh, you know you you tighten up the device and then you you crank it and hope it works and Oh, anyways, the, anyway, that's just personal stuff. And that's so simple. But, you know, getting in and out of a car, getting into a store, finding a parking space that's easier for you or using transit. I mean, I, I don't think the TTC has really thought about the changing demographics of of the city and those who utilize the services in the city. Oh, I, I'm I'm sure it's not just limited to the TTC. The no. fact is, is that Canada is aging rapidly. And when we say aging rapidly, no, we don't mean that time is moving faster. Although <laughs> many of us think that. Um, Feels it's just, like it's it. It's the way that Im- immigration works and how people, at what age they're coming into the country. We are not seeing as many young children being born. We don't have as many uh, births in the same way. And so now we are seeing the way that this is affecting and impacting our population. So people are immigrating here and they're immigrating at a certain age. And so of course that contributes to how the country ages. Um, the, the United Nations and the World Health Organization have expressed that great concern about the fact that the world is aging more rapidly and we are seeing one in six people over the age of 65. Here in Canada, We are, in fact, approaching one in four. In fact, StatsCan just released this um, last week, in fact, an update to this. And in many provinces, we are already approaching or at one in five. And in some provinces, like Atlantic provinces, we are already at one in four. So it's, it's very much, it's ahead of where frankly, even they're sounding the alarm around the world, and we need to make sure that our systems are in place to be able to... Well, let's um, debunk another myth, then, one that I I 
I mean, many of us think, well, you know, uh, the aging population is going to put a, a huge amount of pressure on our healthcare system. And I said we weren't going to talk about healthcare, and here we are again. Uh, <laughs> but in fact, for many older adults, there's no visits to the hospital. We, we're living better lives. We're living longer lives, healthier. Isn't it? I'm correct, right? You are absolutely correct. You know, and, and oftentimes we'll hear things like, you know, you know, no, I'm just 70. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not there yet. You know, there was a time, remember, when our healthcare systems were designed back in the 1950s and 60s, the average lifespan was 67 years of age at that time. Well, it's that 80, was the, 88 for women and 80, what, for men, 82? Yeah, no, it's well into the 80s. And centenarians are, in fact, the fastest growing segment of the population. So, you know, when you know that, in fact, people born today are expected to live to be 112. So, yes, this is when we say aging across the life course and making the necessary investments in our healthcare systems and other systems to support all populations, we really mean it because we're going to need those things in place to help all generations live in age well. I had sure. a, an interesting discussion with somebody recently where they said, "Stop talking about hospitals and healthcare. Talk about wellness." I mean, yeah. has that is that part of the shift as well? Where we're thinking about oh, uh, foot care and and uh, you know uh, massage therapy and and I don't know music therapy, anything that will improve our quality of life that maybe is non-interventional. Absolutely. And you know what we, you know, we talk about often in, in this space, we talk about what are known as the social determinants of health. Mm -hmm. And of course, many of those things are the usual suspects, things like diet and exercise. Sorry, uh, <laughs> sorry to beat that one, but it really is very important. And it does help with things like many chronic diseases and delaying onset of, of different things. It can, in fact, delay onset of, you know, chronic diseases like obviously diabetes, heart and heart disease, you know, an instance of stroke, you know, lung capacity, etc. All of those things, COPD, um, if you're, you know, if you're not prone in other ways, then certainly um, that's important. The other important thing is that for certain types of dementia, I'm not talking about Alzheimer's specifically, but I'm talking about things like vascular dementia, which people don't always think about. You can develop different types of dementia, and those might have to do with your circulatory system. And so again, you want to keep those things moving and healthy. And again, you're talking about music and other things. Absolutely. Keeping that that cognitive function and keeping that moving and, 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 and really kind of honing in on things about memory and things like that. It's important. It's important. And it also brings us a sense of joy. So why wouldn't we want to, you know, drill into those things? Absolutely. So we've just, some people say we're out of, some people say we're still in it. Some people say we're in the thick of it. Yes. Uh, COVID. I mean, one of those social determinants is loneliness, isn't it? Or connectivity. Oh, yes. And, and boy, did we see some real impacts uh, around that, especially in B.C. last year. We had fires. We had floods. We had COVID. We had a number of different, frankly, the perfect storm um, of issues happening. And we did have, you know, people that were very isolated. In fact, um, there was a survey done by the United Way and their, their Center for Aging. And 
they surveyed people and they found that a lot of the respondents, they asked people to indicate how many people they had in their network, uh, people that they could call upon in a time of crisis. And their responses were so high, Hugh, and I, I apologize for not having the exact statistic, but it was so high that people couldn't name one not one person. Uh, you know, my colleague, Laura Tamblin-Watts, who's the CEO of yep. CanAge, recently did some uh, media around people who are identified as kinless, right? And mm-hmm. and what does that look like as you're aging and now you're experiencing that sense of isolation and what kinds of systems can be put in place to assist people who are aging alone? And and we do, that's a, that's a growing number as well within this country and that we need to really think about what that looks like and what that could potentially, um, what services and supports could be there for uh, well, we're folks Canadi- like that as well. We're Canadian. Remember that, Jana. We don't talk to people about a number of things, like how much we earn. We don't, yes. and, and we don't ask people for help. I need help. We don't do it. We, we don't-, don't live in glass houses. That's what my mom used oh. to say to me. And you know, what's funny is I'm going to tell you, embrace what the younger generations are doing. I know some of us kind of, you know, are aghast at some of the things that, you know, younger generations might share. But <laughs> frankly, you know, they wouldn't allow. But, you know, that sharing is important. And at least there's that awareness. And I will say that that is a key learning um, that definitely we should embrace more. So well, mental yeah. health. Uh, all those things. A quick station identifier here. This is CKLU 96.7 on your FM dial. This is Hugh Cruzel, and the program is QOL, Quality of Life. Listen to this Thursday at 6 o'clock uh, on, on CKLU. You can listen on Radio Garden as well. You can always listen to a podcast. Just, just Google my name, Hugh Cruzel. The word podcast, you'll find whew, hundreds of episodes on various platforms. Uh, there are stories out there with all kinds of people. Today, my guest, Jana Ray. Now, Jana and I knew each other at CARP. She's being very involved. I want to ask this Can Age group, is there a website for it? Or just Google Can Age and we find it and we sign up and what what comes to us when we sign up? Oh, um, you just it, just email newsletters and that sort of thing. And, and obviously tips and tricks will invite you to different events that we're hosting or co-hosting with other organizations to bring about awareness on various issues. Um, as we move forward in 2023, we'll have some opportunities for uh, for volunteering and such as well that people can get involved. It's just www.canage, C-A-N-A-G-E dot C-A. And, uh, and so, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes when you type it in, you might get carnage or cabbage. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? Maybe I'll just say it to Siri and let uh, let Siri figure out where to go. <laughs> that, that might that might be met with either kinds of results, oh, but that's... we'll see how it goes. But yes, okay, can I'll try age. it, but not right now. Yeah. Jana, so, you know, we said a number of issues. What kind of issues would CanAge deal with? You know, you mentioned municipal, uh, provincial, and federal involvement, perhaps other, um, other, well, not levels of government, but other organizations who you do outreach with uh, or, or try to, you know, get them on side. You know, what, what kind of issues are talked about in, in your newsletters? What kind of things does CanAge do beyond this, ad- and specifically in this advocacy? Yeah, and you know, it's um, it's, it's such a it's such a broad swath, frankly, Hugh, of, of so many issues. Um, 
we have a, a policy platform that we call Voices. Voices is an acronym. And uh, so each letter represents a, a kind of a bucket of issues, if you will. V stands for violence and abuse prevention. O stands for optimized health and wellness. I stands for infection prevention and control. So you can, if you want to go to our website, you can actually see our, um, you would be able to see our, our, our policy platform and what that looks like. Now, can I ask how big the membership is at this time? Oh. Yes, you can. Sorry. that uh, We're at about 30,000 directly of members of CanAge. And then we also have organizational uh, members as well. And that brings our total reach and distribution to around 300,000. So oh. we're fortunate to have organizations like, for example, the Retired Teachers of Ontario and other organizations like that that are also organizational members of CanAge. And, uh, and so that's what that looks like uh, within our, our in, membership. In our CARP world, we used to often yearly pick a topic that was our, our primary focus for that year or maybe a suite of, of issues. Is there something for 2023 that we should know about? Well, certainly, as I mentioned, dental care is definitely, in terms of drive and interest, I would say that dental care is a biggie. (laughs) People are really, really interested in that. Certainly inflation and what that looks like uh, in terms of um, even the shape of work. A lot of older adults have expressed interest in opening businesses in retirement or semi-retirement. And there's a lot of things happening within the pension space and, and financial security space as a result of um, inflationary pressures and that kind of thing a lot of a lot of issues around housing and what that could look like as well so there's a there's a, a, a certainly lots of different topics in mm-hmm. those spaces that tend to be sort of the uh, the represent the greatest kind of uh, number of inquiries that we receive ah so anyway sometimes what happens is these yearly programs are driven by by uh, by people's questions and you say well look at 60% of our people are are asking about this um canada canada's economy still very re- much relies on on small business uh, do you deal with also um uh, handing off business from one generation to another is that another part of your world or does that maybe fall under cfib or somebody else but you know that whole um figuring out who's who's next in line to manage a restaurant, a, a shoe store, a, a clothing store, a, a service, a pet store that's been in the family maybe for already two generations. Is that something else that you deal with? Absolutely. We, we, we do. We talk about, uh, obviously, not just entrance, uh, you know, into business and small business, because there's lots of people that can now explore how they turn that craft or hobby, um, you know, open a Shopify store and do something new. So we certainly are, are helping folks to uh, seize those opportunities. But we are also looking at what that looks like in terms of succession planning. Yes, um, that tends to happen a lot within family business, understanding kind of those changing family dynamics. Uh, we've been working to assemble some experts that can actually speak to those things and we'll be launching some events and and different sort of uh, opportunities to engage in training and, and that kind of thing this year we tend to partner with um, public library systems like for example the Toronto Public Library um, as well as others Vancouver Public Library etc with some programming like this and then we deliver it um, over a series we've also done some work with um, Ryerson, for example, for the uh, Chang School Metro- for People Metropolitan 50 plus. University. 
<laughs> That's right. Sorry. Yes, you were absolutely a Toronto Metropolitan University. I know it's it's hard to yeah. <laughs> forget. To. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna say something very. I, I think it's for you as you age, Dana, Jana Ray. You you know you're going to be the most informed older adult in Canada. Well, let's hope. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if I can be the, the human Google on, <laughs> on, on, old on, on, on issues and helping people uh, get where they want to go and, like I said, to be able to live, live and age well here in Canada, then so be it. I am thrilled to do it, and I'm, I'm very happy to be uh, a part of this sector. It's a, it's a real blessing, and it, and it frankly is, is very important work that I, I thoroughly enjoy. Now, you were in Toronto, and, and you know, many organizations are... are criticized or, or or you know they say well you know that you're an urban you know organization you're a you know, Canada is an urban nation it's true but many of our 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 older adults live in smaller towns uh, they uh, live in rural Saskatchewan how how are you addressing the needs of, of people in northeastern and northwestern Ontario who live in a town that's maybe only 1500 people Oh, really great question. In fact, my family and I moved, Hugh. We're no longer in the in the GTA. We're in um, St. Jacob's, like north no of Waterloo, kidding. actually. So oh. really small pocket. We we love the Kitchener-Waterloo region. Um, and, and CanAge, we have individuals work completely remote. So that means everyone is online and we do all of our work online. We meet online. Um, everyone is in their remote offices right across the country. We are in five provinces across Canada. Canada. Um, and we're in communities as small as Sandy Cove, Nova Scotia, um, all the way to certainly Toronto. So um, we do, we are able to represent um, different, uh, you know, folks from different provinces. We've got representation in BC, we've got representation in Alberta, in Ontario, uh, Nova Scotia. <laughs> anyway, like I said, five provinces, and, uh, and that changes all the time. And then of course, as we um, continue to build our volunteer core this year we will be looking to expand that to get again get that that grassroots or on the ground representation um, from volunteers in in provinces right across the country mm -hmm. now I remember that uh, addressing the needs of Quebec and our francophone component of, of Canada uh, indeed let's talk about our whole nation changing in many ways there are uh, you walk into certain areas of Toronto or Montreal and people are Tamil or or there, and of course, there's the Ukrainians who have uh, come here. How are we addressing the needs of our changing the changing dynamic of our country? Yeah, that's a that's a really good question. You know, we're, we're ex inclusivity and 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 you know we we talk about it in HR circles like diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, certainly, the government has recognized uh, the federal government specifically. They've recognized and are taking some measured steps on how they can improve those things to ensure that level of inclusivity. Um, certainly, the government has also had some pretty aggressive immigration policies, so they have to obviously match that with ways to make services and uh, policies more accessible. Um, are we there yet today, Hugh? No, we are not there yet. Um, and, uh, and certainly from, you know, from the French speaking side, I know there's lots of different initiatives and that sort of thing that are still trying to make services and such available fully bilingually across Canada. Again, it, it kind of varies province to province on how well that's executed. Um, just so you know, 
CanAge's website is currently all in English. However, our CEO, Laura, is fully bilingual. And so she does engage with all provinces. I always wondered where she ended up. I hadn't followed her in yes. some time. I mean, I've met uh, Laura a number of times and, of course, Wanda in the past. Uh, you know, it's interesting, this world of uh, of being an advocate for aging in, well, not for aging, but for the aging population in Canada is is a growing industry. Um, you know, you think back 20 years ago, there what there really wasn't much conversation about. I'm just wondering, Jana, if we advance the clock, what are we going to be talking about in five and 10 years from now? <laughs> well, let's, let's hope that we're talking about things. Uh, well, who knows, right? Like, I mean, it, hopefully it's not the same thing. That's what I will ah. say. Let's make sure we're not talking about the same thing around, you know, um, challenges with hospital shutdowns. Let's make sure that we're not talking about emergency people room waiting, waiting eight yes. months for a hip or knee yes. replacement or more um, that people can get into an MR. Like, let's make let's hope that people aren't waiting 18 months for cataract surgery, those kinds of things. Hopefully we're not talking about that five years from now. <laughs> Jana Ray, it has been an absolute pleasure to talk to you today here on QOL. Thank you so much for your time. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Hugh. A pleasure. And out there in Radioland, you know you can listen to this program Thursdays at 6 o'clock. You can listen to podcasts as well. I hope you engage with me. Uh, you can do that also by sending me messages. You can look me up. Find me on LinkedIn and a number of other places. This is Hugh Cruzell, and thank you so much for listening in to today's program. Bye, folks.